0: This is Who Makes a Podcast Conversations with your favorite podcast hosts about who they are, the shows they make, and why they make them. I'm your host, Chris Cookley, and my guests today are Ace Bowers and Aaron Vinnick. Ace and Aaron are the hosts of Navigating Tech Life, a weekly podcast that highlights aspects of everyday life in the tech industry that you may not normally hear about. And along with telling their own stories, they also interview guests with unique experiences in the space. Ace and Aaron are veterans in tech, and their experiences include journeying through startups and IPOs, failing companies, large companies, public companies, and more. We talk about why they started their podcast, what they're hoping to get out of it, how they're using LinkedIn to promote it, how it's growing, And we'll get to all of that. Here is my conversation with Ace Bowers and Aaron Vinnick. So for my listeners who may not know who you are, would you guys mind identifying yourselves and then maybe telling me a little bit about, you know, who you are and where you're from originally and, uh, you know, just a little bit of the backstory?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, Chris, first of all, thanks for having us, man. Um... So I will go first, I guess. My, my name's Ace. Um, I live in the Silicon Valley. I've lived here my whole life, uh, born and raised, and uh, I've been working in the tech industry for a little over a decade um, in a mix between startups, large companies, and a mix of roles, too, uh, on the engineering and product side of things, as well as the uh, business and customer operations side of things.
0: And then Aaron?
2: Now, I'm Aaron Vinnick. Uh, I grew up in San Francisco, lived there my whole life until last year when I moved with my wife to Colorado. Uh, I've always been into technology and so naturally I landed in the tech space after a stint of working blue-collar jobs. Uh, I've spent over a decade in the tech industry working in multiple sales capacities at both startups and large companies and in both individual contributor and leadership roles. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys on, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So, how did you how did you get into tech, Ace? Maybe we'll start with you. How did you get into the the tech industry? What's that story look like?
1: Sure. Yeah. So that's uh, that's a great question. Um, so before I was in tech, um, I I was in a blue collar line of work, right? So I started out as a janitor at a motel, um, and then I from there I became a security guard. And I was a security guard at a tech company. And that was my first time ever being inside of a tech company. And then I realized um, when I was in that job uh, that you don't need to be a programmer or some coding genius to work in the tech industry. Um, And so from there, I got an entry-level role into that tech company, uh, the the same one that I was a security guard at. And uh, and then from there, I just stayed, you know, in my in my career in tech. So I I, I think that my getting into the tech industry is a very sort of unusual yeah. um, scenario. It's not the common path.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the idea that you need to be a coder or a developer is probably pretty prevalent when people think about technology companies.
1: Yeah, for sure. That was a misconception that I had that Aaron had. Um, and it's actually something that we've even talked about um On a couple of episodes of the the podcast, of our podcast.
0: And Aaron, you're in sales, right? Have you been in sales in the tech companies that you've worked at the entire time? Or have you also jumped around to different roles?
2: I have been in sales my entire life, pretty much, whether it's been in tech or outside of tech. So my my story is a bit different. Uh, I worked retail for a number of years. uh, And again, like it was it was a role, uh, that was parallel with technology. I was selling technology. I just wasn't, you know, working at a tech company necessarily. Uh, and then my, you know, my entry into the tech space was working in an entry level sales role. And then I kind of grew from there.
0: So I guess you guys have both sort of worked your way up the ladder, as they say, within your respective companies. Are you at, at the same company or are you at different companies?
2: We're at different companies. Uh, Ace and I met at a startup, uh, and we worked together for a few years. We stayed friends after that, and we've been friends for a, a while now. Cool. So we've said tech company a number
0: of times now. What what do you think qualifies a company to be a a tech company per se? And I'll I'll kind of um, mm. let me let me give you a little bit of my backstory, maybe, and and you can see I'll see what you think about that. So I worked at a company that made web applications initially. That was my was my first job for the state of Tennessee. I would kind of think that that might be a tech company. And then my next job was at a company that manufactured like kitchen equipment. But in my particular role, you know, I was I was on a software development team we were building an ERP system that the company ran on. So I like maybe it was a tech job within a a possibly non-traditional tech company so what would you say like makes a company a tech company
1: yeah that's um that's an interesting question you know i I think for most people when they think of tech company they think of like the stereotypical um you know silicon valley company making some sort of app and there's uh you know ping pong tables and slides and those kinds of things right? right in the office but honestly, I you know I think in today's world almost every company is a tech company in some way, and the and the reason I say that is because even if they're not like that traditional stereotypical tech company, chances are you know they've got a website, they've got an app, um, they're using tech in some way for their product, and then you have like Internet of Things. So now you're you know what used to be like a boring piece of hardware is now, you know, has an app interface and you can interact with other, you know, machines or networks or things like that. So I think in today's world, I I think that just, you know, tech has sort of like permeated its way into so many different types of products and industries that if you like dig deep enough or like peel back the layers of the onion far enough, uh, you would see that I think a majority of companies are, are tech companies. And on our podcast, we try to kind of talk about both kinds, right? Like the like the the stereotypical tech company, um, as well as uh, maybe more traditional industries who are uh, either moving into tech or have moved into tech uh, in some way. So, yeah, hopefully that does that kind of makes sense.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense to me. It's an interesting idea, I guess, thinking about what kind of company a company is. Do you qualify it? based on the product that they make or the service they provide, or maybe how the company is, is ran. Because if, you know, as you said, most companies are going to have some sort of technology team in place. Otherwise they're not going to really be able to exist in the world at this point.
2: Yeah. I think it's just to add to that. I I think it's mostly about what the company is or sells or, you know, does because that's where you're going to get kind of more of the traditional, you know, tech roles that you know that we encounter on the day to day and our show's all about kind of highlighting the everyday worker that's in that space because a lot of the times it can be a pretty volatile space right
0: yeah well especially if you're going to be looking at startups which it sounds like you guys are those in in my mind at least I've never worked for a startup but I would imagine that those would be considered more volatile as far as companies go are there other industries that interest you that you might want to work in at some point or do you think you're you're you know long haul if i'm at a company it's going to be a tech company of some sort
2: that's a a really interesting question i i would actually say that um it's very possible to stay in the tech space but work in different industries kind of like what we were just covering you know every company's kind of been forced to be a tech company in some way uh so you know now you see like construction tech companies you see um, supply chain, you know, tech companies. So I think it's possible to, you know, work in lots of different industries, even though it may not be an industry you've worked in before the sales motion and, you know, the, the way you go to market with the product could be, could be quite similar to what you've done before. Um, and so I, I've personally worked at, Companies that sold marketing products. I've worked at companies that uh, sold like chat products. You know, more technical API types of solutions. Um, I think the tech world opens up, you know, lots of doors into different industries in that regard.
0: Has the remote work situation that I think most people, not most people, but a lot of people have found themselves in over the last couple of years, has that affected the companies that you work at? Has that changed things, or maybe opened doors for for people to be working at different kinds of companies across the country?
1: Mm, I, I think remote work, um, yeah, I think it's done a lot of things very quickly. So, you know, I, I can't speak for Aaron, but uh, speaking for myself, right? You know, so working at a tech company, um, a lot of tech companies, especially startups, are almost built in a way to be able to go remote quickly and easily. Uh, and, and fairly efficiently. So it was like just with a a light switch, it was like, bam, everyone's remote. Um, and there really wasn't any issue as far as running and managing a company in that sense. Right. But for me personally, the, the change to remote work took a bit of an adjustment for me to, um, kind of set those boundaries between work and home life. It was just a challenge because, you know, now that, you know, working from home, um, you kind of, I kind of felt myself working like 24-7 because there was no physical separation uh, between work and home life. So that that was a challenge for me.
0: I was going to lead in the remote thing into another question that I had about where you would need to live to work in tech. And I was going to say, can you work in tech without being in California? But Aaron, you're, you're in Colorado now, right? So is, is the company that you're working for based in California or is it based in Colorado or is it? Yeah. What's that relationship look like, I guess?
2: Yeah. The, the company is based in, in California, uh, but it employs people around the world. And you'll notice in the tech space, especially uh, the jobs are quite flexible. So even if a company is based out of, you know, California or some other state, uh, they can virtually employ people in any part of the world. Um, and so like I would have to get it approved obviously, but if I wanted to go work out of, I don't know, Morocco, I probably could swing that somehow.
0: (laughs) So you guys make a podcast navigating tech life, uh, obviously about your, your tech life, um, and how you're navigating it. What is it about podcasting that drew you in? What, like, what excites you about podcasting? What, why did you want to make
2: this? Yeah. Um, I, so I've been listening to podcasts for a long time. I don't know when podcasting really became as popular as it is today, but I feel like I've been listening to them for, you know, a considerable amount of time. And I noticed that, you know, every time I talked to Ace, when we were catching up, you know, over the phone or whatever, we were having really good conversations about, um, you know about. Just work and, and about, uh, investing and, and other things. And so one day <laughs> I literally just texted Ace and said, Hey, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? That's literally how the, how the show started. Um, if we're having these conversations anyway, maybe we should record them. Exactly.
0: Have you guys done other podcasts in the past uh, individually, or is this the first time y'all are, y'all are trying this at all?
1: This is, uh, yeah, this is the first time for us. I mean, I, I've been a guest on other podcasts um okay. over the past few years. When I you know, I wrote a book and I when I was releasing the book, I, I went on a couple of podcasts. But as far as being a host, yeah, this is uh this is my first time. Yeah.
2: Yeah, same here. And I, I've never guested on a podcast. Actually your podcast is the is the first one I've ever guested on. So Oh. Excellent. Well hopefully <laughs> hopefully
0: it goes okay. Right. So this is your First podcast, and you guys are you guys are fairly new, obviously. I think as we're recording this, you have nine episodes out, maybe, something like that. How long have you been been making it for? Did you, did you just start in 2022?
2: Yeah, so we, we've been actually podcasting for about three months now, but our show launched uh, the second week of January, and we release a new episode every week.
0: How did you decide on that every week schedule? That's
2: a good question.
1: That That is a good question. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I don't know, Aaron, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it was like a, you know, conscious decision where we said, okay, we're going to do it once a week. Like, this is yeah. how it must be. And our podcasts are going to be, you know, one hour long. I think it was more like, hey, one week feels like a good uh, cadence, right? It's not too often. It's not too few and far between. So I think that's kind of like I think it just felt natural one week. Yeah. That's that's the way I look at it.
2: Yeah, and and we wanted we wanted to be consistent with it. So, you know, we wanted to for our listeners or future listeners to know that every whatever we decided on Wednesday is the day. So every Wednesday, you know, they'd be able to hear something new from us. And so that's kind of what we we rolled with. And it's it's actually been working out pretty well in terms of like the workload and stuff like that yeah and my episodes
0: are once every other week and it, it mostly because of of workload so like how much how much work is it for you to put an episode together like what do you what are you doing as far as your your production uh what, what's that look like
2: yeah uh i can i could take a stab at that so First of all, we, we plan out our episodes and we keep timelines visible through a Trello board. So that way we just always know what we're going to be working on.
0: Okay.
2: Um, and every few weeks we we just have like a hour long session to kind of figure out what we want to talk about in future episodes. Uh, and a lot of that inspiration comes from, you know, maybe listeners are requesting something specifically or it could just be we recently had a thought or experienced something in our own you know jobs, and we you know decided that it could be a good topic to to cover, and and so that's that's kind of the content planning side. Um, tactically, uh, for recording the episodes, we uh, we use Riverside uh, to record those, uh, and any other content that gets added to our show. Is also recorded in Riverside, so intros and outros, announcements, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we we actually record audio and video because uh, we actually use the video to uh, post highlights from our show on YouTube. Okay, just kind of a thing that we found, you know, could be a a good a good thing to use in the work in, in the long run. Um, once the episode's been recorded, we use a tool called Descript for editing and cleanup. yep, And that's where we also put together the videos and the audiograms for our show. Uh, and then the final product is uploaded to our host, uh, which we use Buzzsprout for, um, and they distribute, it, uh, distribute the show into all the major platforms.
0: Hey, it's Chris. Can I jump in here for a minute and ask if you have thought about making your own podcast? If you have, you may have realized there's a lot more that goes into it than you might have thought don't worry. I have a gift for you. I want you to have my podcast quick start checklist. From what microphone and recording software you should use to how you host and distribute your show, I'm here to help with all of that and more. My podcast quick start checklist will walk you through everything you need to know to start your podcast. I'll show you what's actually important. To get my podcast quick start checklist, go to whomakesapodcast.com slash start and tell me where to send it. Now let's get back to the episode. And Descript, that's the one that you can upload the audio file and it it gives you like a transcript of it, right? And then you're editing it by like, oh, like almost like you would edit a Word document. Do I have that right?
2: Exactly. That's exactly how it works. Um, and it helped us a lot because neither Ace nor I have any experience in terms of audio or in terms of editing content or any of that stuff. So the script has been kind of a you know a lifesaver in terms of that. Do
0: you feel like they do a pretty good job
2: as far like if you're
0: gonna cut out a word or anything? Do you, do you think that they they do a good job of making that transition sound natural?
2: I think so. And I'm sure there are tons of things you can do in addition to what they automatically do. Yep. Um, I don't do it for our show and I've, I've gotten feedback for the show that, you know, uh, that the quality is great and they, they love kind of how everything flows. And so I haven't heard any, any, any negatives yet in terms of the, you know, the, the sound quality or anything like that. Do you guys have any sort of like
0: pre-podcasting routine that you go through? Like, Getting yourselves warmed up, or I think you just had a guest on on your most recent episode, right? So did you do anything to get your guest warmed up, or what does that look like? Do you just hop on like this is it's go time? We're just gonna start talking.
1: Uh, Aaron, I guess I can take that one. So whenever we have guests on, we'll do uh, we try to do like a a, a little pre meeting with them beforehand, um, maybe a couple days or a week, just so you know we get a chance to see each other and hear each other and talk to each other uh, before the actual episode you know, I feel that that sort of does a good job of making them at least feel more comfortable. Like they're not now suddenly answering all these questions to a stranger. Sure. So, so we, we, that's one of the things we do when we have guests. Yeah. I mean, other than that, uh, Aaron, is there anything that really jumps out at you that is sort of our pre, um, you know, show routine or do you have any sort of pre show routine that I'm not aware of?
2: (laughs) Actually, Ace, there is probably something you're not aware of. So usually before we we dive into recording a show, uh, I try to make it a point to have a conversation with someone, like on the phone or like with my wife, before we you know, before I sit down at, at the desk and actually start recording our show. Um because I've I've felt like that I need to warm up my vocals a little bit beforehand. So I don't know if you knew that I'd do that, but <laughs> now you do. Yeah, I was not aware of that.
0: So you have a pre-conversation before your conversation. Yeah. Nice. What do you guys use as far as like the equipment that you're recording with? What's your, what's your technical setup? What kind of microphones do you have? What's it running into? I guess it's just plugging into your computer because you're using Riverside, but what, what kind of mics are you on?
2: Yeah, I can, I can uh, get into my setup. Uh, mic-wise, it's a Blue Yeti X, and it's sitting on a Blue Radius Three suspension mount. Um, and that's all hooked up to my, my blue compass boom arm. So it's all just, you're blue, in the blue
0: universe. <laughs> branded yeah. stuff.
2: I guess so. Yeah. I don't know, I don't even know why I, I went that route, but I did. Uh, and then they sell
0: a bundle that had it all. Maybe
2: <laughs> not even, but we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> headphones wise. Um, I'm on bear dynamic DT seven seventies and they're hooked up to a, a USB DAC, I think it's called Origin. I don't know. I found it on Amazon, uh, and uh, and webcam wise, it's a Logitech Brio 4K webcam, and all that's hooked up to my MacBook.
0: You live in that dongle life with the MacBook.
2: Oh yeah! You, you, if I show you the, <laughs> behind my monitor what's going on, you'll probably have a heart attack. <laughs> For my uh, headphones, mic, and
1: webcam, it's the same as Aaron's. I just don't have all of the fancy you know connectors and microphone arm and all that good stuff
0: <laughs> uh, okay cool yeah i used to have a blue yeti i liked it it, it worked out well uh, as a usb mic goes
2: yeah I, I had it before even the podcasting days and you know never thought to switch it out with something else uh although you know if we get a nice deal from spotify or something i'll right. maybe <laughs> upgrade to a assure or something yeah. like t- <laughs> do you
0: guys listen to a lot of podcasts do you have time for that
1: I do try to listen to podcasts. I listened to a lot more when I was still making the commute uh, into the office yeah. for work.
0: Yeah, I've lost a lot of podcast time from that. Yeah. Losing yeah. the commute.
1: Totally, totally. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably my, my best answer is I used to listen to a lot more uh, when I was making the commute. Um, now I'm listening to less, but I still try to listen to them because I really appreciate podcasting just as a medium. Um, And so I, you know, as someone who's now a podcaster, you know, I want to listen to more and support those shows that I do like, because I realize how, uh, how much work goes into actually creating just one, even one episode. So
0: what about you, Aaron? Do you listen to a lot of podcasts?
2: Uh, Like you guys, I used to just because I had, you know, more in between time, but actually I found, you know, now that we're working on our own show, um, how much time is spent? I mean, it's basically another full-time job. Mm-hmm. So that time is, you know, even even more diminished since, you know, since then. Uh, but I, I still, so I, I listen to, the, the one I, I try to devote the most of my time to is uh, is Bigger Pockets. It's a real estate podcast. Uh, just because, you know, I, I like to keep up with what the current trends are in, in real estate investing. So I, I try to still, stay true to that show. And I, I do listen to a couple other smaller shows that, you know, friends host themselves okay. um, just to kind of give my support, but it's really just like a handful or less that I, that I have time to listen to regularly.
0: What, what are some of those sh- the smaller shows that you listen to?
2: Um, I'll point one out. Uh, it's called uncharted uh, and it's uh, a friend of mine who, you know, I, I worked with in the past and it's another kind of business type of podcast Cool, Ace. Do you have
0: any any particular shows that you enjoy listening to every week or every other week?
1: Yeah, I, I think there's really now that that my time has dwindled down. Um, I've there's about three that I try to consistently listen to if I can. Uh, so one of them you mentioned Dave Ramsey, Chris earlier. Yeah. So I I like watching yeah. and listening to his podcast, and and he puts stuff on YouTube that I watch sometimes as well. Um, the other one uh, Aaron mentioned was bigger pockets. I'm also very into real estate investing. So that's another one. And then the third one is um, it's really has nothing to do with business or money or investing or tech or anything, but it's called lore.
0: Lore. Yeah. Aaron Minky.
1: Yes. Yeah. So you're familiar. dude. Yeah. I love that podcast. I, I've, yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah. That's awesome. I've listened he's to it. He's got the
0: creepy piano music behind everything. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds so good he's got a a very particular way that he talks too. i'm aaron mankey this oh hey that's a good impression man (laughs) uh do you guys have any any shows or any hosts maybe that you look up to or try to emulate in any way when you're making your podcast or have you thought about that at all
2: i'll jump in on this one i not really and i'll tell you why i think uh like I think copying is a cool thing, you know, just because like there's always someone to look up to. But I, I also feel like we've just tried to do our own thing in our in our own way. Yeah. And I mean, there, there are a couple like resources that I look at just for, you know, um, learning more about good approaches to things. But in terms of actually, you know, trying to imitate another host or someone else, Um, I, I kind of try to stay away from that. I don't know if you feel differently.
1: Well, no, I, I feel a hundred percent the same. And the, the one thing that I actually like consciously try to do when we're, um, recording an episode or talking to a guest is I always just try to make it like I'm talking to a friend. And so in that sense, I just try to be like my authentic self in those. Um, and so that wouldn't work if I was, I think, you know, trying to trying end. to
0: imitate Aaron Mankey.
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: What about learning how to make a podcast? Are there any books you've read or any anything that you've watched on YouTube or anything that has influenced how you're making your show?
2: Absolutely. Um, so actually, one thing that we did early on was we we just did like a Q&A with, a, with an industry expert that we found. Um, and that was actually super helpful in the planning of our show, just kind of how to how to get listed and how to you know how to submit a trailer so that your stuff you know is is submitted and stuff like that. Um but on the regular uh I would say like the podcast host is one that you know we we read from quite often. Buzzsprout releases a lot of good content and guides. Um and then is the podcast you
0: know, host a, a website?
2: Yeah I think it's the the podcasthost dot com. And The founder, Colin Gray, also has written a book, and I've read that book as well, uh, about, about podcasting.
0: How did you find that industry expert to have that,
2: that Q&A with? Ace, how did we find her?
1: Oh, we used, um, I don't remember the exact site. It might have been, like, a freelancer, one of those, you know, freelancer websites we used. Okay. and, uh, that was great. I mean, sh- she was super, super helpful because, you know, going into that, Aaron and I were basically like, Hey, we know we want to start a podcast, but like, where do we start? Right. There's gotta be some groundwork that you have to do ahead of time. Um, and so she was really, really great at, at, uh, sort of getting us set on the right path for that.
0: So, so that was just like podcast consultation maybe that she was offering on that site.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it cool. was. It was like podcast. Uh, Yeah. Podcast consulting or, or something, you know, a variation of those mm. keywords. How do you guys
0: decide on the topics that you want to cover? I know you have a, a Trello board that you're using for kind of keeping track of what you're going to do, but do you have any criteria for deciding on a topic, or is it just I think this will be cool and uh, I want to talk about it, and so I'm going to throw it on the board?
2: Yeah, I I think uh, so. Usually, in each episode, there's a common theme, but multiple topics. And so one thing that we typically decide when we have like a brainstorming session is, do we think we can say enough about this particular thing in order for it to be its own episode? Um, And if the answer is no, then we might actually add that into be the topic, a subtopic of another episode. um, If that makes sense. Uh, And uh, so we, we actually started out with just him, you know, ACE and I, going back and forth on certain topics Uh, but you know as of as of this week actually we started uh, launching or airing our guest episodes and that's added like a ton of inspiration for topics that we can cover in the future in more detail too. Do
0: you use any notes while you're recording? Do you guys spend some time like outlining what you want to talk about in any kind of a detail? How do you stay on track while you're making your, your episodes?
1: Yeah, we, we try to have, you know, some sort of, a you know, uh, architecture or an outline, if you will. Um, we don't really script out the, you know, exactly what we're saying. Um, sure. so it's, it's pretty sort of just kind of, you know, in the moment. Um, but yeah, we do try to have like a, um, an outline to keep the show, you know, flowing as, as it should.
0: What do you see for like, the future of your podcast? What are you hoping for? Do you like your, your current format? I know you're just starting to bring guests on, which is a, a cool addition to you guys having conversations with yourselves. Are there any other ways that you're thinking about changing it? Or are you going to kind of ride with what you have for now and, and see where it goes?
2: Yeah, I, I think we're we're riding with the way we're going right now, and and really the goal of our show has always been to inspire and teach someone something in, from each episode, uh, and and I think we're we're holding true to that. And you know, we we do get feedback pretty often that you know folks are learning from our experiences and from the from the guests that we talk to and stuff like that. And so um, I think as long as we continue to to do that, we feel like we're headed in the right direction.
0: Yeah. What would you say success looks like for your podcast? If if you had to define that, um, as startup people, you mentioned Spotify earlier. Are you hoping for an exit at some point? Are you hoping you get acquired? Is that the goal?
1: Hmm. That's a great question. And to be honest, I've never even thought about it. Really, okay. You know, I and Aaron, you might have a different answer than me. But for when you know, Aaron and I decided to do this podcast. Um, For me, it's always been about, like Aaron mentioned earlier, like, can, is there someone who can learn something from our podcast and our episodes? Um, and I've, and it's always just sort of, for me at least been about that and been about highlighting the stories of the everyday tech worker. And I, I think that, um, you know, that's kind of really what, what has been most important to me, um. So it, you know if there is some sort of yeah in startup terms an exit down the road then you know so be it but if not that's you know that's totally fine because that's not what I started this journey for.
2: Yeah, I'm and I'm in alignment with that. You know, we when we were thinking about what the show would be, uh we really assessed like what podcasts are out there and all of them usually hire, uh, highlight famous people and people who are like mega successful. Right. But you never really get to hear the stories of the folks that contributed to, you know, that single person's success and all the stuff that happened in between. And so, you know, that's kind of what our goal with the show is. And I think there's always going to be a story to tell that someone hasn't heard, because, you know, that certain person doesn't have a voice to tell that story. So we want to be kind of the, you know, the platform for, for those people.
1: I often say that we are like the Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs with Mike Rowe of the tech yeah, industry. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I reached out to Mike Rowe to see if he would come on. Yeah, he, uh, he hasn't said yes yet.
1: No, no reply <laughs> yet, huh? We'll keep trying, man. No.
0: <laughs> well, actually, I, I did get a reply from his assistant and it was a, a no for now.
2: But, oh, uh, man. You know, well, someday.
0: Someday, maybe it'll happen. How are you driving growth to your podcast? Like, are are you doing anything, and specifically, or are you just kind of hoping organic growth takes it somewhere?
1: Well, really, two things. So, we haven't done any sort of like, you know, paid advertising or anything like that. Um, we've been leveraging our own um, social networks, and one of those big ones, I think, just is a natural fit for what our podcast is. Is LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's, you know, one, one tool that we're, that we're leveraging a lot. And a lot of our, um, listeners, uh, live on LinkedIn and a lot of our, uh, potential future guests also live on LinkedIn. Um, so that's a, that's been a, I think a big one for us, um, up until this point, at least.
0: Yeah. That's like a social media network that is built specifically mm-hmm. for somebody looking for the information that you guys are making or providing, I guess. Right. Yeah, that's a great spot. So you're you're posting, I guess, on LinkedIn? Are you posting full episodes or links to it, or are you posting those little clips that you're making?
2: We heavily utilize audiograms. So for every episode, we post an audiogram as kind of a sneak peek to the episode. And then we obviously post a, a link to the full episode um, with every post. Uh, and then, you know, with guests, we're obviously encourage the, encouraging them to, you know, share those same videos in their own networks. Um, and we're also trying to drive listeners to the show with our YouTube clips. So the YouTube clips don't show the full episode. It kind of shows a few, we call them key takeaways. They're basically highlights from from each episode. Uh, but the the call to action there is to go, you know, and listen to the full episode.
0: I'm not familiar with what an audiogram is. What is that?
2: Yeah. An audiogram is a visual soundbite of some kind of audio recording. So even if you're not recording in video, you can do things, you can create a video of your, you know, episode or show whatever you're saying um, and make that kind of come to life and look like a video. Is that a a piece of
0: software or an app or is a website? Where do you, where are you doing that?
2: There's a lot of platforms that let you create them. Uh, okay. The most popular one, I think, is called Headliner, uh, but Descript also has a feature for that. Buzzsprout has a feature for that as well. So there's a lot of platforms that are adopting these um, these audiograms. I see. So
0: it's, audiogram is just a general term describing that type of piece of content. It's not necessarily a, a company or service that you would be using, like exactly, like Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I. I f- think that I've heard on your podcast that you've mentioned seasons, right? Are you guys doing seasons or are you just doing like an episode every week forever?
2: Yeah, we're just doing the the episode numberings. Okay. We originally thought we were going to do seasons, but, uh, you know, I, and I've heard, I've heard stories of podcasts, you know, doing the episode, Thing And then eventually turning those into seasons, you know, backtracking. Yep. So I'm not sure if we'll do that in the future. But for now, I think it makes sense to, to stay in, you know, more of an episodic format.
0: Yeah, that's what mine is at the moment, too. I'm just doing, doing episodes. Somebody that I've interviewed in the past said that they started out doing that and then they switched to seasons when they reached a point that they like, wanted a break. Like I'm going to take a month off and not do any podcasts. So I'm going to say this is the end of season one and season two will be back next month. (laughs) Do you guys monetize your podcast at this point? Or are you just trying to build an audience?
1: Yeah. Um, we're not monetizing, um, kind of as, as I mentioned in one of the earlier questions, you know, when we started this, it, it, it wasn't about that. Um, and it's uh, still, it's not about that, at least for me. um, so we really haven't made that decision to monetize yet. And again, you know, if, if, it, if we do in the future, so be it. But as for right now, it's, you know, it's just not about right. that, I, I think, for, for us.
2: Not a focus right now. Do you have any access to
0: listener stats at all? I, I'm sure Buzzsprout has some stuff. And I'm curious if you use them at all when you're determining what kind of topics that you're going to be
2: talking about. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so we we do have access to some stats like uh, app data, device data, location, stuff like that. At to this point, we we don't really evaluate them in depth, uh, but we we do think, or I think at least, they'll be valuable in the future. Yeah. When we look at you know finding an advertising demographic or you know looking at different sponsorship channels and stuff like that, I think analyzing the data at that point would be super useful.
0: I mean, you're a new show. I'm a new show. I imagine that, you know, as it goes with data, the less data you have, the less useful it is as you're trying to analyze it and and make decisions based off of it. So I'm sure as you grow, you know, you'll get more insightful pieces of information from that. Yeah, totally. Did you find starting your podcast to be difficult at all?
1: Ah, good question. Okay, well, I I think that the general answer to that question for most people would Probably be yes, I would think. But um, because we ha- did a consultation with the, that podcasting consultant, I think that that really, really helped us out. Um, I think that if we hadn't had that consultation, we would have made a lot of mistakes and errors mm-hmm. that would have really sort of tarnished making a good in- first impression on launch. All
0: right. So that's a that's an interesting point, launching. Did you... Th- think about that at all did you just put one episode up and then the next week you put another episode up i've heard you know people say you should you should launch with three episodes one after another like three days in a row or something to to hit hit some algorithm i i didn't do that i didn't have enough episodes in the bank to do that
2: yeah we decided to launch with one episode yep and I'm not sure if, I, I I don't know the stats behind like doing that versus launching with a few episodes, but we we did pre-record uh, a number of episodes so that, you know, with the launch, we'd be ready to have, you know, other episodes available for the following weeks. And that actually helped us out and it created a kind of a buffer right. in our production so that we, you know, we had some time to focus on, you know, promoting the podcast instead of like, you know, scrambling to, to figure out what we're doing next week, you know, <laughs> make another one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: How many episodes in advance do you have ready, like just in the bank, ready to go?
2: It's kind of random, but, uh, I think we try to keep a three to four week buffer if we can. Cool. You use
0: Descript to edit your episodes, right? So do you do a lot of editing on your episodes? What is that, process look like you just is it just descript that that you're using for that and then they spit out the final file
2: yeah so uh all the editing is done into script um and for the most part it's not a horrible amount of work you know really just takes it usually takes like three quarters of the length of the of the episode i'd say um to do the editing process itself Uh, So I, you know, I've, I've looked at like the average time it takes for a podcast to be edited and I've seen like metrics that are much more than that, you know, like double the length of the episode, triple the length of it. Uh, So I think Descript has saved us a lot of time in that process.
0: Yeah. I can see that being super helpful as somebody who does not use Descript to edit the episodes. It, it does take a number of hours, like this, this one hour or so interview will probably take me at least two, maybe three hours to edit down.
2: Wow. Wow. Just a thought while we're on that. Uh we were Asa and I, I think both run in the same mindset uh in terms of like optimizing for efficiency in everything we do. Yeah. So we we've taken that to, you know, to the extreme with the podcast. We try to kind of, you know, optimize and automate whatever we can. Uh, and so, you know, Descript, while it is like an investment, you know. We it's probably been the best investment for us in, in the production process.
0: To that point, do you do everything or do you have a team? Like could you bring a, a virtual assistant on to do your descripting? Would you would you trust somebody to do that? And then, you know, you just record it and, and send it off and somebody else handles it all.
2: <laughs> I'd I'd love to. Uh but actually right now I feel Really good about doing the the work, you know, ourselves, um, and in terms of everything that we do, uh, just because it, it keeps us really close to everything. I think at some point, you know, if we're, you know, really growing and taking off, and we have to focus on other areas, I, I'm sure that we'll hire you know someone to do social media and someone to do the editing and stuff mm-hmm. like that but for now i you know ace correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like we're we've got a pretty good handle on everything
1: yeah no i agree with you 100 percent. do you guys batch your episodes
0: at all do you record more than one at a time or when you're sitting down to record it's just just the one episode
1: that's a good question i think for the most part we're doing uh one at a time um, especially now that we're starting to interview guests. I can't think, you know, Aaron, I, I don't I don't recall a time that we recorded more than one episode in one, you know, sort of sitting session. So yeah, I think the, the main answer would be, it's just, yeah, yeah, one at a time. And we really focus on that topic at that time or that guest at that time.
0: All right, so I'm going to ask each of you this. What would you say is one of the most important lessons that you've learned about podcasting since you started?
2: So for on my side... Um, I've learned that setting up a process is incredibly crucial. So in the, in the very beginning, we, we did everything kind of in an ad hoc fashion. Like, you know, we would just throw things to get random things together and it kind of worked. But I think we quickly figured out that every aspect of the show, like from recording to signing waivers with guests to planning out episode releases and all the content that goes with a release, um, all of that really needed to be documented and, and a process needed to be made. Um, so that we'd stay organized and, you know, ACE and I would know what we, what each of us would need to do right on a, on a regular basis. Um, and so, yeah, if there's one thing I'd recommend to any podcaster out there, it would, it would be to really take the time to build out a workflow and figure out who should be doing what, you know, if you have multiple people involved uh, and take the time to get organized because you'll definitely thank yourself later.
0: I want to ask you that same question, Ace, but real quick before we get there, what, what kind of waiver are you having your guests sign?
2: Uh, we just have a simple waiver that uh, says, you know, that the guest agrees that we can use their content in multiple forms. So whether that's the podcast or for an audiogram or for, you know, a social media post, whatever that might be, um, in, in perpetuity. So, you know, one of the things that helps is, you know, in the future, if we want to re-highlight an older interview, we still have the ability to, to use that content without, you know, with, with that person's permission.
0: Yeah, I wonder how common that is. That's the first time I've heard of somebody doing that. I mean, it makes sense from a, a business perspective. Just haven't run across that before.
1: I think um, with that aspect, I think just, you know, Aaron is, you know, like he said, he's been in business and sales his entire career. So I think that um, he just naturally wears that hat of sort of thinking ahead when it comes to business decisions.
0: All right. So Ace, then what is one of the most important lessons that you've learned about podcasting since you started?
1: Yes. Good question. So it's a lot more work than I originally anticipated. And so I learned that pretty quickly. Um, I'm really grateful to have Aaron as um, the co-host and he's just, you know, he's super organized um, which I really, really appreciate. And so that's helped a lot. I I think, you know, other than that, you know, being organized is a main thing. Um, The other thing is to, to sort of think ahead a little bit. And, And when I say that, Um, I mean, you know, Aaron and I will have a conversation about, okay, well, you know, here, this is episode three. Um, let's do this as episode four, because the way we finished episode three makes a great segue into the topic for episode four. Right. Right. And so the thinking ahead, I think is, is something that I learned, um, that's pretty important because, you know, we are putting out in each episode, it's a piece of creative content. Right. And so, uh, the listener is, is, is consuming that content and we want to do that in a way that's going to be the best experience possible for the, for the listener.
0: I think that's great advice. Is there anything else that you guys want to talk about? Is there, did we miss anything that you wanted to cover?
2: No, I think this has been great. Thanks for, thanks for the great questions.
0: Yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Where do you want to send people?
2: Yeah, you can find our show on all of the podcasting platforms out there. It's called Navigating Tech Life and on our website, ntlcast.com. And if any of your listeners want to connect on LinkedIn, you can find us on our LinkedIn page by also searching Navigating Tech Life.
0: Great. Aaron, Ace, thank you guys so much for hopping on with me. I really appreciate it. This has been really insightful and uh, you know, I had a good time. So thank you for, thank you for your time.
2: Yeah, thank you, Chris. This was uh, this was great. Thanks for having us.
0: That was my conversation with Ace Bowers and Aaron Vinick, tech veterans and hosts of the Navigating Tech Life podcast, which can be found on all of the major podcast networks. You can also find Ace and Aaron at ntlcast.com, on Instagram at Navigating Tech Life, and on Facebook at Navigating Tech Life. My name is Chris Cookley, and you can find me at whomakesapodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, it would be an enormous help if you shared it with your friends or left a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. It really does make a difference. And if you host a podcast and would like to be my next guest on Who Makes a Podcast, please let me know. Go to whomakesapodcast.com/guest and tell me about your show. This is Who Makes a Podcast. I'll be back next time with another conversation with another incredible podcast host. Thanks for listening.